Hey, what's up, Agents for Life? It's good to uh, share a few minutes with you. Welcome to Podcast 140. Can't believe we got here. Um, anyways, just a quick story from the field before I get into some training. Uh, this week, I met with a lady who was a... Actually, there are very few cases that are really good cases justifiably for guaranteed issue. Uh, because a lot of times guaranteed issue just gets too expensive and it doesn't make sense. People already have some other coverage. This lady was the classic perfect case. She has bone marrow cancer, another cancer in diagnosis that they're checking out. And um, she went through a transplant a while back. So she was completely uninsurable. Sweetest lady you've ever met. And um, she's just really, she was inspiring. Um, she was full of faith and hope. She's dedicated her life to helping others. And she was just so positive and so upbeat. And I'm like thinking to myself, like, I can't believe you have cancer and you're just this type of person. It was anyways, it was really inspiring for me to meet with her. And she didn't have any coverage. She's been trying to get coverage and she's been declined. Of course, the agents that are suggesting things and writing things for her are not putting her on the right products, clearly. And um, it was easy to have that conversation. And I just was like, you know, I got two options for you. She's 53. So I said, I can get you in an accidental plan, but I can also get you full coverage. But here's the cost and here's the parameters. And, you know, it's got the two-year wait period and all that. So... She loved it. And I said, you know, your it, your options are not going to change. She's likely to live for quite a while longer because she has the cancers under control. But um, but she's going to be carrying them for a long time. And so um, she's, you know, she's in that place where she's actually going to pass the two-year mark and outlive that, that uh, well, likely to outlive that deadline and have full coverage. So she was happy to get the clock started and she maxed out. She got the full 25,000 that she could and she was very happy. So it's, it's there and that's a thing I want you all to remember as a backup. There are situations where guaranteed issue is a lifeline for people. Um, she did not want to go with the accidental death, but she did want to go with the, the, um, the guaranteed issue. So it was a really, um, it was a really good appointment, even though it was the best I could offer her. Uh, she was just a sweet lady. And it just reminded me, you know, there are so many great people out there and they're waiting for us to meet with them. And sometimes we get caught up and I say we, but really, I mean, I get caught up in this mindset that everybody thinks I'm a telemarketer. Everybody thinks I'm trying to sell them something. Everyone thinks I'm a salesperson. Everyone thinks I'm this or that because we do get a lot of that. We get a lot of people that are confused and not sure who we are. But then there's those people that are waiting for the lifeline of you, agent for life, to call them and extend a hand and share in a moment and uplift them and be a blessing in their life. And we just talked. We talked about life and we talked about, I gave her some references of other people that I had been listening and following and reading their work that reminded me of her situation. And anyways, I, you know, I sent her a thank you note. Um, so it it just reminded me of the good that we do. And we really have to remember that even through the rough dial sessions, right? <laughs> so anyways, are you ready for some mindset stuff? Because you know me, I love my mindset and it's been a while. Okay. 
So I, I watched a video the other day and took some really good notes, added a few things of my own, but this is um, a really great mindset training. And these are five steps to reprogramming your mindset, five steps to changing how you think, because how you think is everything, right? How you see the world, the lens through which you see the world is everything for your reality, your experience, your life, and your and ultimately your results because the results follow. Okay, so number 1, here's step number 1. Tell your brain what to want. Tell your brain what to want. Now, that sounds kind of funny, but if you think about it, your brain has been told what to want all your life. It just follows. It wants to follow your dominant thought. Your brain does follow your dominant thought. So that can be kind of a scary statement because what, it, what results do you have in your life? And reality check says, if I don't have the results that I'm looking for in my life, then the next question is, what have been my dominant thoughts? Because thoughts leads to actions, which ultimately leads to results. So I'm not going to answer that for you. You answer that. But it is backed by actually physiology um, because your body actually responds to your thoughts. If I were to sit here and talk about, um, you know, uh, you come into the kitchen and you, you're hungry, and you open up a fresh can of pickles and you squeeze that lid and it pops open. You reach your fingers down in there and you can feel the vinegar, right? And you pull out a, a juicy wet pickle and it's just dripping with that, with that uh, vinegar and you put it in your mouth and it tingles on your tongue. It's freezing cold, but you know the taste of a dill pickle on your tongue. It's just that tingling sensation, right? So as I've been talking about it, have you been salivating? Right? I could do the same thing with a lemon or whatever, right? Our bodies, like you didn't have a pickle in your mouth, but most likely you were sitting there thinking about a pickle and listening to me talk about a pickle and you were probably salivating. I mean, I was talking about it. So our bodies naturally react. Our physiology changes based on our thoughts because our brains don't know the difference between real and fake. And so we can trick ourselves into believing something that hasn't happened yet and have it happen. So anyways, um, I just love that. Tell your brain what you want. And that really has to do with making a decision as well. You do have to Put your hand, put put the stake in the ground, and make a decision, and say, "This is what I want. I'm tired of the old life. I'm tired of the old results. This is what I want." Okay. Now, this is not easy work, mind you. This is tough work. And step two is link pleasure to it, and unlink pain from it. A lot of times, when we want something new, we see all the stuff we're going to have to go through to get it. When I got to get up early, I got to read books, I got to attend meetings, I got to work hard, I got to get rejected, right? I got to keep making phone calls, I got to keep running appointments, it gets hard. And we see all that as pain. And we say, well, and we link that pain to the reward, like I got to go through all this crap, but hey, there's a good reward at the end, right? <laughs> well, we're linking the pain to it. And no one wants to go, no one gets excited to get out of bed and go do things that they don't like to do, right? We can make ourselves, but willpower willpower only goes so far. Um, so what it says is link pleasure to that journey, to that new thought, that new 
that thing that you want in step one, link pleasure to it. So rather than concentrating on all the pain that it's going to take to get there, think of being there. Think of arriving, what life's going to be like when you get there. Think of that pleasure and link that to the thought. All right. Um, let me ask you a question. If you came into the kitchen, okay, no pickles this time. <laughs> you came in the kitchen, there's this giant wolf spider, the biggest you've seen, crawl right in front of you. Okay, what, what's your natural reaction? Like if you're like most people, you're going to jump back. You're going to be like, scream, right? You're going to grab a cup or a fly sweater. You're going to step on it. You're going to call the, the pest exterminator, call your spouse, call somebody for a lifeline. Maybe you faint. I don't know, but the spiders have this kind of reaction, right? Well, what if I put a donut on the floor in front of you? You walk in the kitchen, there's a donut on the floor. This, you know, I really love those uh, sourdough donuts. What if one of those is sitting on the floor? Would you have the same reaction? Well, that's kind of a ridiculous question, right? You're thinking, well, no, a donut, it's not scary, okay? But if you were statistically to look at the responsibility of donuts for deaths and um, diseases and hardships in life versus spiders, you'd probably find that donuts are far more responsible for us as a society, heart disease, diabetes, gaining weight, even, you know, those things leading ultimately to death and hardships in our lives because we're not eating right and we're feeding our bodies sugar. Okay. I know I'm taking it to the extreme, but one donut doesn't kill anybody, but you know what I'm saying, right? So it's the way that we link those up in our brain that makes the difference. It's the way that we think about it. So the next step is to change the pictures and the thoughts. So change the pictures and the thoughts, the thoughts we think and the pictures associated with those thoughts, the images that go through our brain. An image is nothing more than a projection into the future. You use your imagination, image, imagination. It's a memory of your future that hasn't happened yet. You're imagining what it will be like. So your memories go to your past. Your imagination is for your future. So you can imagine with images what your future is going to look like, okay? Now, are words important to that? Absolutely. So it's pictures and words. John Kite's big on this. You've heard him teach about affirmations, right? And uh, saying out loud to yourself, I am a top producer at Equus Financial. My clients want to hear from me. When I dial, people are expecting my call. Now, when you start, does that make it all go away? No, but it changes your position. It changes your energy. It changes your confidence, okay? He is, every time he teaches that, he's reprogramming his brain just a little, just a little, a little every day. It's just like compound interest. Over a month, two months, three months, six months, it's gonna make a big difference. So change the pictures and the thoughts to support that that idea in step number one. The, um, the example that they gave was uh, sitting on a plane and you're heading to Los Angeles and the person next to you strikes up a conversation, okay? It's always fun to strike up a conversation with the person next to you on the, on the plane, right? Um, person number, or situation number one, the person is heading to a family reunion. They haven't seen their family in a lot of long, long time. They talk about their grandparents, such great people. They're all meeting up at the beach. They have all these fun events planned and they can't wait to get there. 
And it's just this happy, excited person that just is, you know, it's been a long time coming since they went on this trip. We've all been on fun family vacation trips like that. And you're just sitting there listening and you're just feeling this joy for this person, right? And now situation number two, still heading to LA, but the person next to you talking about the latest news headline in LA and how many shootings there were this weekend and how there's a threat of a terrorist attack in LA and shoot, you know, we might even be, look at that guy back there. You see that guy back there, three rows behind us, you know, he's kind of looking shady and all of a sudden you're like, your whole demeanor changes, right? Because now you're starting to suspect, you're starting to imagine things that that person's talking about that haven't happened, that aren't probably likely to happen, but the whole thing changes. So your imagination is super powerful. It's driven by your subconscious. And your imagination is, um, is where you're going to go mentally for your future that you decide on in step one. So change the pictures and the thoughts. And then I'm going to add to that words because you've got to speak out loud words of affirmation to support those. Guys, these are all steps. We're reprogramming our brains and one thing that he says that he does is a little two-second mini prayer. And if you're not religious, then don't call it a prayer. Maybe you don't call on God. I, I do and I would, but this is for anybody. So you can, just, you can just stop and just love someone for two seconds before you pick up the phone. Say, the person that I'm going to talk to is, you know, uh, one of my, a, a walking, talking miracle, as you might say, or a child of God or, or something. And just get in that place in your heart where you're loving that person that you're on the phone with, or you're on an appointment with, or that you're sitting across the table from, or you're sitting, you know, standing in line at the grocery store, wherever you come in contact with someone, it's about changing you from the inside to experience the results on the outside. Um, number four, he says, make the familiar unfamiliar and make the unfamiliar familiar. So our brains love the familiar. And this is why we regurgitate our lives from the past. Because the past is where we draw from experiences. And the past is also where we pull evidence. Our brain craves evidence. And it projects that into the future. Well, you've had a bad experience with that. Therefore, you're also going to have a bad experience with this, right? Your brain is logical like that. Well, this reprogramming exercise I'm talking you through right now is retraining your brain to not think that way because by default, we've been raised and brought up and taught to think this way, okay? How we got there is a whole different conversation because society kind of pulls us into this, this um, I guess, collective thought and we have to break ourselves free of it. So this stuff is phenomenal. I love, I love, I love this topic. So making the familiar unfamiliar and the unfamiliar familiar is really doing things that you're not comfortable doing, right? Is dialing on that list for you? Is running appointments on that list for you? Is calling all your friends and family on that list for you? The unfamiliar is where great things happen. If you stay in your comfort zone and you stay doing the things you've been doing, well, you're going to keep getting the same results you've been getting. Nothing's going to change. So success is an insider's journey, right? You see the fruits on the outside, but the, reward, the work is all done on the inside. It's about changing you. It's about doing hard things. 
It's about facing fear. It's about courage, which isn't the absence of fear. It's moving forward in spite of fear. Is that phone 25 pounds when you go to dial on Saturday morning? (laughs) Heck yeah, right? It's uncomfortable. That should be a trigger to you that you're on the right track. The unfamiliar needs to be familiar. You need to do that so much that that becomes familiar. And the familiar stuff, sitting down and watching Netflix, for example, I'll just you know rag on that for a little bit. That's got to become unfamiliar because you're changing your habits. You're doing the stuff that's going to get you moving forward in your business and moving away from the stuff that has kept you from the results you want in your life. All right, number five, I'm adding one extra step and that is belief. Belief, everything is about belief. Believe in yourself so much that others believe in you too. Oh my gosh, talk about chills up and down the spine. Believe in yourself so much that others believe in you too. Because when you get to that level of belief, it's going to spill over and people will notice. They can't not notice. And we've all been around that person that has a really high level of self-confidence. What is our natural reaction? Well, we follow suit, don't we? We believe in them too. There was a gentleman back in, I think, the 1930s or so, or 40s, I can't remember when it was, uh, by the name of Roger Bannister. Maybe he's in the 50s. Anyways, um, no one ever, ever in the history of ever had run a mile in less than four minutes. They could not break the mile, the four-minute barrier, and everybody said it cannot be done. Everyone. The doctors, especially the medical field, they were like, it's impossible. Like, your body will literally not be able to make it. You will die of whatever. I don't know, the (laughs) things that happen inside your body. When your lungs are breathing so hard, you're about to explode. Your heart explodes, whatever. um, That you literally cannot, it's impossible to run the four-minute mile. Well, um, he didn't accept that as a collective mental thought that everybody was thinking, right? The river of mental thought that we all go down, that we all get sucked into in life. If we're not careful and swim our way out of it, we kind of fall down that river. He, was, he said, no, that's not for me. So he said, I'm going to figure this out. So he went and he did everything, everything, all the way down to the spikes on the shoes, what type of the wind and what type of day, day it was, the terrain, the um, everything. And he broke it down to science, right? And the day came and he came in at 3.59 something, three minutes and 59 seconds and something. And it, it shattered everyone's mindset. It made all the doctors and all the professionals and all the experts say, uh, gosh, if we can do that, what else can we do? Well, you know, the funny thing about Roger Bannister's record is it didn't take very long within that same year. I think there were like 18, 15 or 18 other people that broke the four minute mile. And the next year after that, it was another 30 or 40. Again, don't, I'm not the guy with the details and the quotes clearly, as you can tell, but you, but I love the principle behind it. And it's true. Many, many other people broke the four minute mile and now it's not so uncommon all because Roger Bannister said, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not falling into the collective mentality or the collective thought. I'm going to do what they say can't be done. Um, Anyways, I hope this helps. Whatever you're struggling, whatever you're going through, it doesn't matter nearly as much as what you're going to. And that's what you have to keep your eye on is where you're headed. Step one, tell your brain what you want. 
You've got to use your imagination, not your memories. You need the future to pull you, not your past to pull you. I am so glad you're here. I don't know how you feel, but I feel that there's a reason why we're on the team together. You are on our or in our organization, in our team, because for whatever reason, call it the universe, fate, God, whatever, you're here and we love you and we are so glad we get to be in business together. I am so glad we get to struggle together. And I'm gonna use that word because that's really what it is sometimes. I don't always have all the answers, but you know what? I'm in the fight with you. And I'm so glad that we get to do it together. Guys, we're, we're chasing some big dreams. Please, please, please don't shrink your uh, dreams to match your activity. Increase your activity to match the size of your dream. Thanks for listening. And I will look forward to chatting with you next week. And of course, don't ever forget, your life matters. Mm-hmm.